What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 40, season 4. I'm Jay Microphone, and I'm joined by a special guest to start off the episode, uh, Travis Ballinghoff. Jack Smith will be joining us in just about 10 minutes. Uh, Travis, one of my good buddies, I met him this year up in the press box, uh, producer for Nasty Knuckles, and hosts his own show on YouTube, The Broad Street Broadcast. Trav, thanks for finally coming on, man. How are you? Mr. High and Wide himself. Thank you for <laughs> having me. What's going on tonight? Yes, sir. It's uh, apparently a lot, right? Like the day kind of started out. Uh, I found out last night the Flyers were, you know, they had a, another coaching interview today. Big deal, right? Like they're going through the carousel. Uh, your boy Gross puts out a, a cryptic tweet, right? And you did some digging. You found one uh, from a couple years ago with Taylor Hall. Kind of put out the same thing. And then right before we start the show, Bruce Cassidy's let go by the Boston Bruins. Like, how many how many good head coaches are available right now, right? There's – you could have a lot of good coaches in the minors next year. I mean, they wouldn't do that, but there's an influx of good head coaches around the league. Hopefully, the Flyers don't mess this up. No. Uh, it'd be pretty tough to, right, considering all the names uh... – you know, I who knows who they who they were interviewing today. Uh, we heard that they were interviewing Velucci a couple weeks ago. Uh, apparently, they interviewed Trotz. I, I never really heard anything concrete come from that. Or, or uh, they definitely interviewed Tortorella, and then obviously, like we mentioned, Butchergross today. Uh, do you put any stock into that tweet? So when so you told me last night that they had a, a coaching interview today. After Bucci tweeted that out, I was actually kind of wondering, maybe they interviewed Tortorella again. Yeah. That was my first thought. Um, yeah, I mean, they sit next to each other at work every day on that show for ESPN. I think Bucci's pretty plugged into the league. I don't think he'd put that out there, especially with him and uh, Tortorella knowing each other. Like, You'd have to think Tortorella would be pretty pissed off if – he wasn't okay with that tweet. So I, I think there's something going on there. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I would agree. Um, you know, we were kind of going back and forth. Like, is he trolling? Is he not? I mean, he could be doing both. But, he, you know, the guy wants he wants to be credible as well, right? Yeah, and yep. that's a huge thing. Um, you know, especially for ESPN, uh, for a guy from ESPN to come out with that kind of news first. Uh, you know, I, I think, I, I mean, it's tough to say. I don't want to make any guarantees but if, if Tortorella got a second interview, uh, you know, and so I heard this last year as well. I heard that everybody, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, everybody yeah. in the Flyers, were, everybody in the organization wanted uh, Tortorella after they let AV go. The only person that didn't want Torts was Chuck Fletcher. That's right. the only reason that Tortorella is not the coach right now for the Philadelphia Flyers. So, I mean... I don't know. Maybe he's given in a little bit. Maybe, you know, we were all thinking Montgomery for the longest time. St. Louis has been out of the playoffs for almost two weeks, right? And, you know, you, you would think something would have been done by now. I don't know. What, maybe, what are you thinking? Maybe Chuck doesn't have as high of a voice. Maybe – I know this gets joked around a lot. Maybe Clarkie and Homer kind of came in and like, yo, we want torts. Chuck, you might be out of here in a couple of months anyway. We want our guy. Yeah. I And I think that's how it should be, right? Because, uh, yeah, like, to your point, you don't know if, if Fletch is going to be the GM in, in another couple of months, let alone a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do know that they were including uh, Danny Briere uh, in, in these meetings because we were supposed to have him on the show tonight. 
he had to cancel. Apparently, he had more important things to do today. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's writing off paperwork he... for torts. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's being included in all this, which I think is a good thing, right? Like you want him to to be included as much as possible with this process. Um, yeah. Uh, I, if torts is the guy, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I love I love the guy. You know, post games will be fun. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Could you imagine? So I don't really know how I feel about torts. I didn't want him for the longest time. And to be honest, I still don't just because I see how quick that locker room turned on AV, who was kind of like that rah-rah in your face, keep you accountable kind of coach. And, you know, the team pretty much bailed on him a year and a half into his tenure here. And then you have a guy like Mike Yo, who I don't think kept the guys accountable enough. I would like somewhere in the middle ground, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know I think if Torch is that guy. I think he's kind of AV to a whole nother level. And <laughs> I have my doubts on if that's going to work well with this team. Now you could say half this team really shouldn't even be here next year. I see that point to it as well, but. With the current roster they have, I have my doubts about if Tortorella kind of is the right fit for them. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying. There's probably going to have to be a couple roster moves, right? Like certain guys might have to ship out. And I know the first guy everyone thinks about is maybe TK, right? Well, I'm not sure if if Ivan Provorov is a Torts guy, right? <laughs> like, uh, like there's going to be some players that people actually like that may be moved out, you know, like. We saw roster turnover last year, and, and for me, I didn't so much care for Voracek. I didn't really care for Ghost. Uh, anybody that got shipped out, I wasn't really a fan of, besides uh, Phil Myers, okay. um, oddly enough. Uh, this year, I think you know there, there's going to be more turnover, and, and it might be a, a player or two that I actually like kind of thing. Like uh, I, I still like Limblom. A lot of people are out on Limblom. He could be a guy that's not here next year. I think he's got one more year left. Um, they, they could go in a lot of different directions with this roster and, and next season, right? Like they could go all in, but if they, if they're not where they want to be by the trade deadline, you know, they keep guys around like JVR, Limblom, there's their trade pieces at the deadline. Yep. Right. So it's, they, they can go so many different ways. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Start, think, start with a coach. I think I'm in favor of trading Limblom or shipping them out. I see – I look at the depth chart, right? I think this team desperately needs a high-end first-line left wing, which there's a lot of them out there, whether that's Johnny, whether that's Forsberg. Sounds like the Brinkett's available in the right trade. I think you need one of them guys. Yeah. And then I look down the rest of the depth chart, and it's like, okay, well, you have Joel. You got Lawton. You got Noah Cates. I don't really see where Oscar fits in there. Yeah, and then you have JVR too, but I don't think he'll be here. Yeah, you think he's gone? Yeah, I'd be shocked. I think if they're trying to compete next year, there's no way JVR can be on the roster. They're gonna get they're gonna get swindled big time in the <laughs> JVR deal. Like if like they're so here's my thing because they're not gonna win a cup next year, right. right? But the other part of that is so all right. So let me say my first thought first. I don't I don't see an issue keeping him around because you're not winning a cup 
um, you know, maybe you can move them at the deadline or something next year and actually get an asset back or something. Um, the other side of that is, I mean, you're going to be giving up, you're going to be giving stuff up to get rid of JVR. Right. Right. Before, I mean, I don't know. Unless you eat 50% of that contract. But at that point, like, I don't see the point in getting rid of them. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't, if that's the case, you're better off just shipping them to Lehigh Valley and freeing up 6 million in space and not giving up any assets. Could you imagine? (laughs) If you're in that desperate need of cap space, that's what I would do. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, I, so it's easy for us to say, like, yeah, I would like to do that too. But how would that make the Flyers look, right, to, uh, to other players and whatnot? Like, JVR is a veteran, blah, blah, blah. He's been around forever, and this is how they're doing him. Yeah, right? especially because, like, he's still an NHL player. Right. It's not like, I mean, you know, you had Andrew Ladd with the Islanders and them kind of guys, Anton, right. or not Anton Roussel. Um, But there's, like, been some guys who weren't, you know, they were good veterans, but they really weren't NHL players anymore. Right. JVR can still play a little bit. Yeah, he put up 20 goals again. I mean, we know we know that he's not a consistent, like, you know, score every other game type guy. He's like score like seven goals every 10 games or so, every 20 games, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird one. I mean, what what are you going to be mad at him for? Because he signed, a set, signed that contract? Like, I would have signed it too. Yep. Right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, – it's it's an interesting off season. It could go a lot of different directions. Um, and you know what? Something that bothers me because you mentioned Goudreau. Uh, I'm I want Goudreau. You know this. Uh, pay him whatever he wants. If he wants 10, 11, 12, I, I think is <laughs> a lot, a lot of money. But if if that's what it takes, get him. Otherwise, he's going to New York. He's going to New Jersey, and then we got to see him play for somebody else for however long. Um, bring him in. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I want to watch Goudreau. Uh, I forget where I was going with that. What was the original point? I was talking about Oscar. I don't see a place for him on the lineup next year. Oh uh, yeah. I, I don't know. The they, Flyers need to upgrade talent. They need to upgrade players, bring in Tortorella, bring in Goudreau and let's have fun again. Let's, yeah. let's make Flyers hockey fun again. That's all <laughs> I want. Right. Because let's face it. Like they're not winning a cup next year. There's too much work that needs to be done. Right. But I want to watch. I, I want to have fun watching them, while they, you know, hopefully build towards this cup team because it's not happening next year. Like I, I've come. I'm. I'm. Oh, my original point. So, here's what I get when when people push back on Goudreau. Why would you pay all that money to one player? They're not one player away. Okay. Did did the New York Rangers say that? Did Rangers fans say this when? They signed Artemi Panarin. Right. Absolutely not. There he is. Jack Smith is joining the show. I mean, he did. Oh, I'm here. All right. What's so, up, Jack? How's it going? What I miss? Can't complain. Uh, we just talked about the coaches a little bit. Um, and, and right now we're, we're getting into a little bit of Johnny Hockey talk. Uh, I mentioned how Oh, Jack uh, dropped <laughs> off. Yeah, he's, he's back. Hey. You there? All right. So, Goudreau, I, I mentioned – there's, I got a little pushback again, and, and the one thing I constantly see is uh, the Flyers are not one player away. Why would, you alloc- why would you spend all that money on one player? Well, you got to start somewhere, right? And, and if you can get a player like Johnny Gaudreau, you get him. There, there's no other way. Like, you get him. Uh, what do you think there, Jack? 
I, I agree. These guys don't grow on trees. We don't have a superstar. You need a superstar. I don't see too many teams getting by without one. Um, a lot of teams like to point to, or a lot of people who are against that point to the blues, you know, when I'm like, well, Pachangelo was a pretty good player. Last I checked, Biddington played like a superstar. Tarasenko is pretty much a superstar. Like you need a superstar. You can't, you're not getting by with second, a bunch of two way forwards. It's not happening. And they all have one. You can't not, you can't draft one. And you know, they haven't done that. I can't tell you how long. <laughs> so if you have an opportunity, yeah, if he wants $17 million a year, well, okay. I understand maybe you go a different route. But if you can see the numbers and get something reasonable, you have. To, there's so much more moving and shaking with the rest of this roster that it needs to be done. It's not you just sign them and move on. You know, it's a, this just it's a very good opportunity, and I they'd be dumb not to take it. What are your thoughts there, Trav? I completely agree. You got to build somewhere. I think, like talking about like you need superstars. Look at the Hurricanes, man. Like that's what's really holding them back. Like. Yeah, you have Aho, you have Svechnikov. Well, they both went cold in the playoffs, and I questioned Aho's uh, compete level in that second round. Uh, they're built like a bunch of two-way forwards, and I think they need the superstar. And going back to the Flyers, that's exactly what we need. We're filled with a bunch of middle six, bottom six forwards. We need first liners. Johnny Hockey fits the bill. If he wants to come here, you got to do it. Yeah, and so – Going back to that Panarin point there, right? Because the Rangers signed Panarin when they were, you know, in, in year what, year two? Because people bring this up a lot too, like the letter to the fans. Yeah. They signed Panarin in year two of that, I believe, when Panarin was 28 years old. Okay. So I didn't hear anybody in New York say, why would they sign this 28 year old to a seven year contract with an $11.6 million cap hit? Per year. I didn't hear one person say that. All I all I saw, all, all I heard was good for the New York Rangers for signing Artemi Panarin, right? But the Flyers, they're not allowed to sign Johnny Goudreau because they're <laughs> not going to win the champ. They're not going to win the cup next year. Dude, it makes absolutely no sense. None, right? Like you can, you can rebuild, retool, and still sign good players. In fact, that's exactly how you do it. You have to, you have to sign these high-end contract guys and bring in your, your 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 and hope that your draft talent makes the roster. Well, so they're not making a lot of money. Does that make sense? Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is how you win. Mesh. It's got a mesh. And you know, the Rangers also they didn't just sign Panarin and go, okay, we're ready to go. We we made our we were one player away. They also Thank traded you. for Truba. You know, they've been at they've been drafting well. They've been doing other things in there to you know. They traded for Zabitjak. God knows how long ago. Like they had there was plenty of moves that they had done and they had who they had coming. It wasn't just they had a Panarin and they were off to the races. You know, they, they had a lot of things in the works there. And they were probably better set than we are. But at the same time, well, let's see what Fletcher can do with the offseason. I mean, there was a lot of movement shaking last offseason. Yeah, it didn't work out. But Ellis also did, played four games. That's a major component right there. Yeah. So if they're going to, as long as they pick a direction, that's half of it. you got to pick a direction, stick with it. Uh, once they do that, signing Goudreau is, I mean, that's that's picking a direction. Then there's got to be a plethora of other moves to follow, not to mention he's going to make a lot of players on this team a lot better. Yeah. Exactly what you just said. They need to pick a direction. You either have to be all in or all out. You can't you can't half do what Hextall did. That's how you end up where <laughs> we are right now. Yeah. You gotta find you either gotta be all in or all out and gotta go with that high end talent. That's all. 
That's all I want. I just, Jack, before you came on, I've said in the past too, all I want is to have fun again, right? Because they're not going to win a Stanley Cup next year. And so I think what everyone's frustrated about is what's the point in making these moves if they're not going to win a cup next year? Well, it doesn't happen overnight, right? And the Rangers, you can keep, we can keep using the Rangers as an example. It took them four years to get to where they are since they wrote that stupid letter, right? I, I hate that people bring that up so much. I do too. I mean, to your point about it took them this many years, they almost got bounced from the playoffs in both rounds. Like they were right there on the cusp. Yeah. You know, it could have taken longer and it still would have been the right move what they did because you're seeing how they stand up to these other teams. And they do that with superstar talent and a good back end and, you know, everything under the sun. They just built a very good team and they got a good coach for the system. And it, it seems to be coming together for them. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. You got to add these pieces to the mix and see what happens. And it's just one, of, one of the funniest things about their team for me is the two guys that are really driving that bus are the guys that were already on the roster. Zabanajad and Kreider, right? Yeah, because it's, of the guys that are showing of... up, scoring the goals every night. I mean, don't get me wrong, Adam Fox, Panarin showing up from time to time. But uh, I, I mean, for as much as Panarin's getting paid, I expect to see him on the score sheet more than than you would expect him to see more than Kreider and Zabanaja. I don't think anyone's upset over his production, you know, as long as they're winning and whatnot. But I mean, the Rangers have the goalie, Shosturkin, mm-hmm. Shos Flopping, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> uh, I hate. I'm so. <laughs> oh, he's a ranger already, so I don't like him. But if you're going to start doing that kind of crap every other game, oh my god, it's going to get annoying. I hate him. Oh yeah. So that's that's kind of starting up a little bit. The way he tossed his stick and almost went over the glass, like Jesus Christ. Um, so then they have Adam Fox. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, Keandre Miller stepping up a little bit. Schneider Braun on the on the bottom pairing. Um, the, the Flyers could build a, a defense similar to New York's if, if you know, I know they got the Norris uh, trophy winner, uh, former trophy winner in, in Fox and Norris trophy contender in Justin Braun. There it is. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm not saying the Flyers defense is going to be better, but they have pieces to compete with New York's defense, right? And, and Ellis, Provorov, Sanheim, um, who am I missing here? York and whoever you want to put on that bottom pair, whatever. Oh, we're still lining, God forbid. <clears throat> so, I'm not saying the Flyers are ready to compete like New York, but I, I don't think they're that far off. So when people go, oh, why would you add one player? You know, it's what's the point of adding a guy? It's like, why are we even watching if you don't want to have fun? Exactly. If you don't want to win, like you have to add. You can add and still draft. Like what an insane concept. So I don't know. Well, it did that, and they made some moves already, which is why I'm a little confused as to why the organization is still like not hell bent on a direction. I get they had to sign Kachuri at the time that they did. I like the contract then. I'm not saying it's the worst ever either. I'm not on that realm. Um, but that was a year ago. Things haven't worked out. So you figure, okay, you got him signed for this long. They're not going to rebuild. I still thought there was a chance. And then they signed Ristolainen. I said, all right, well, you're not rebuilding with these long-term contracts like that. You might as well go for it. Like who you're going to trade with Solana. Who's going to take that contract? Come on. Like, I mean, and Coots is probably here forever. Like I don't understand why they're even like considering it now to your point, Jim, that doesn't mean they have to sell every pick they have uh, to win. Now they they can still draft and add like there's teams do that all the time. You know, the Rangers are an example of always have like having depth come up and the, penguins or whoever if they don't trade those picks if they eventually have somebody you never heard of come up and all of a sudden they have depth like you know it's things like that or, or the future or whatnot i mean look at colorado with uh 
um, the guy we were supposed to get for Drew, whose name escapes me at this time. Uh, How not, did you not, forget Cal McCarr? No, not, yeah, oh, no, no, no. That's a different conversation. And <laughs> oh, I'm talking about who they were supposed to get for Drew, you said? Oh, uh, God, I can't believe I'm, I'm – uh, Newhook, Alex Newhook. Like, you know, uh, they're able to let a guy like Kadri walk and have Newhook step in, and they can allocate that money elsewhere. You know, and try to keep the team they have together the best they can. Sure, they're going to take some lumps, but they're going to keep the bulk of their team together and have a decent replacement who's already been in their system. That's what you do. You you go, you try to win, and you use the picks you have. It was middle of the first round, you know, and you, you hit the right guy. You have a good development, which might be an issue here. And uh, you know, that's that's how you stay competitive. Like nobody just gets the superstar and goes straight to the cup. Like no, it's a building. It's a process. Like and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just I you have the team you have. I don't see us breaking it down anymore some guys are too young other guys are locked in and you're not moving them you're probably giving up something to like jvr we're gonna see to get rid of them what's the point of that you know so it's you might as well just go for it yeah <clears throat> add you know otherwise we're just kind of sitting around doing the same old same old then it feels like um, hexall where you, you trade Braden coburn and scott hartnell away and just do nothing your biggest free right, agent signing for the it was dale weiss before jvr like <laughs> Come on, man. You just waste Jeru's and Vorchek's, well, really, Jeru's career. You just do nothing to help. And you can't do that. If you pick a direction and go, based on the contracts they have and the inability to move them, they got to go for it. Like, it's just, it's the writings on the wall, you know? And they got nobody really, no superstars coming. Nobody that we're all gung ho about. And we're not drafting one overall with Austin Matthews coming out. No, we're, you know, <laughs> Goudreau's available. He's from here. You think he can get something done? It's 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 a no brainer if you ask me. Unless he wants sure. like, the max, because <laughs> like right. there are some limitations. I'm pretty much in that same boat, but like, obviously Johnny can't be like the only move they make. It's like, I don't know. Do you guys think they need another center? Like you mentioned, Kadri. Like, are you interested in him? I love Kadri. I'm just worried he's going to get so overpaid. Like th this is all like career best for him. Like mm -hmm. I remember him in Toronto very well. And uh, yeah, absolutely would love him. But like, am I going to pay $9 million a year for him? And, like, I don't know, man. Like that. Now you're teetering with uh, being screwed over for quite a while. Yeah. Would your team get better? Sure. But is it going to be enough to move the needle? Probably not. And you're going to hope these other moves that are getting made are just like. You imagine Torts and Kadri though? Torts and Kadri? Hey. I, I think Torts would love Kadri. Oh yeah. my God. I know. Yeah. That's That'd what be, I'm saying. Like, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Jack. Like I would love Nas on this team, but probably not for the cap hit he's going to get. Hmm. Right. And like, I, I think he's like an more. elite second line center. Like maybe he gets a hundred points if he was healthy the whole way through. But like you said, career year, he's pretty much just an elite second line center in my eyes. Yeah. And look at the talent he's playing around in Colorado as well. I mean, he's got a lot to work with out there. And he comes here to this team. It's like, is he really turning the ship around? Right. I mean, it was not just him, but it's like. Put him on a line with TK, first line winger. Yeah, there's your problem right there. I uh, I uh, don't see that coming together pretty well. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't think it'll be worth it. And if even if he, as I said, he'll make the team better. But what are we, a playoff bubble team at that point? We don't get embarrassed as often. Like, we lose in six games in the first round instead of five. Right. Like, you know, like it's like uh, we're not not like a good draw. Plus, obviously, could potentially 
really put them over. And you mentioned earlier, Jim, like Panarin hasn't really been shown on the score sheet as much as I'd like. And that's that goes to the rest of the team making sense and meshing. But you know where he did show up on the score sheet? Game seven overtime. That's where your superstars are going to shine. And my God, that game could have went either way. It really could have. And just like that, the Rangers aren't where they're at now. Instead, we're talking somebody else. So, yeah, it's good to have those guys when it counts the most. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And, you know, I did say that, but this guy's got 15 points in 17 games. I think I was more like, you know, you, you don't see him be, just because of the way Zabanajad and Kreider are just always putting up points, especially Zabanajad, I feel like lately. If he's not setting up Kreider, he's freaking scoring goals. Like Panarin's taking like a back seat to these guys, and he's just, you know, putting up points in the back, like like board check somewhat, like always getting a secondary assist kind of thing. Um, but but you need, I mean, you need talent. You need talent to win. It's, Go it's, get talent. Exactly. Pay talent. You need to pay money for talent. I don't know why people don't understand this. When they, so when I, when I when I see the they're not one move away, dude, it infuriates me. Makes me so mad. Well, you have to start building somewhere. Right, because I'm not doing this whole build through the draft thing, right? I'm I not mean, doing that. Just think of the, uh, think of our when they signed Panarin. You know, Flyers and the Rangers were on two different tracks, but Flyers were definitely like, it's time for us to win. And the Rangers were like we're rebuilding. They signed the best player available. We got Kevin Hayes, and we also traded for Niskanen and all that. And you know, we were okay. And then you know, now look at us. Like so turning down the best player available when you have a shot to get him. It just, I don't see the upside as to, unless the price is so ridiculous to what the player would bring um, that I, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. We're going to rebuild. Well, I've, I, you, I'm captain rebuild Jim. And I'm at the point now where I see the contracts they have and the moves they've made that I'd be shocked if anybody could see a way that you rebuild. I, I'm with you. You push to win now. You can still draft him for the future and whatnot and add to your team. And, hey, if they're actually – somehow they get the right coach and things come together and they get signed the right guys and make the right moves, yeah, then, you know, trade your picks and add and go for it. Absolutely. But you can still make the move today, make some other moves, and I'm not expecting him to win the cup tomorrow. Maybe right. it's in a year or two. Maybe – or maybe not. I'm just saying. It's not going to happen. The Rangers, month. it's in four – I mean, two years after they've signed Panarin, they're in the conference finals. So Exactly. Sign the drop. Next year, we're in the conference finals. <laughs> uh, I, I, there we go. It. Oh, there we go. Well, like, look, come look, on. I mean, what the Flyers do when they finish like last? They turned around and they traded for Teeman and Hartnell and signed Danny Briere. I mean, last I checked, that turned out pretty well. I'm, I'm, I know everyone thinks I'm anti fun, but I'm actually pro fun. I want to watch a fun hockey team sign talent. That's it. You know, That's and then, and then grow whatever other talent that you draft. Like, you're only supposed to have one pick per round. Hit on your picks. Yep. Well, that's the other that's thing. It. If you have talent that you know is good available, knowing how this team has drafted and mainly developed talent, I am definitely getting the guys in free agency who are already good compared to my own drafting and developing department, which has really seriously lacked. Yep. So, all right, let's switch gears. Uh, we don't have that much time left with Trav. Uh, Travis, you, you pay attention to the uh, NHL Combine or preparing for the NHL draft over there? Not even a little bit. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered with it. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? What do you want them to do? Use the pick, trade the pick, trade back. You have any preference? So, if they could trade for someone like Barzell, if they could trade for someone like Chikrin, 
maybe the brinket then i'm listening if not i'm probably going to use the pick and take uh from what i'm seeing on twitter it looks like they're going to be stuck with a right-handed defenseman well i shouldn't say get stuck with because we need one of those pretty <laughs> bad but <laughs> i guess you go split. with one of them if you're not able to get like a super elite player in the league okay uh so so probably a year check it's most likely actually i'm looking at rankings here uh from our next guest uh we're having russ going on in a couple minutes he's got year check ranked four and he has i know i'm gonna mess this kid's name up simon or simone nemec nemec eighth believe it or not eighth so oh, we'll wow. have to ask russ about that so if, if he's available at what are the flyers picking at five yeah I would assume that he's somebody they'd have to consider. He's got Slavkovsky at five here. I know we're going to talk about that uh, coming up in just a little bit. So, Trav, before we let you drop off here, man, where can people find your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TraviBallin26. I post a lot of different content on YouTube, my podcast. I edit up some highlight videos, some montages, some clips when we're up in the press box. You can find me on YouTube at TraviBallin. See right there, I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes with Nasty Knuckles. Uh, you can follow them, and I'd say that's about it. I made that beautiful banner before the show and just didn't – I forgot to put it up. So sorry about that. <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. <laughs> um, Pete, pleasure having you on, Trav. I have to have you on again, man. Uh, sorry that it took so long to get you on. No worries at all. I appreciate it from you both. Thank you. And that was great, uh, and man. I love the beanie, I just realized. <laughs> yeah, Hell, man. yeah, got to rep the boys. The man. <laughs> love it. All right, Trav, thanks again, brother. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. Yep, see you guys. Take it easy, man. All right, there he goes. That's uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Ballinghoff. Uh, met him this year. Great kid. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out on his stuff. He's uh, going to do big things in, in media and uh, around the flyers. So always a good time hanging out with Travis. Uh, funny kid. Just a, a really good kid. I, I couldn't wait to get him on. A, you know, it kind of took a little forever, but uh, glad to finally get him onto the show. So, Jack, we have uh, about three minutes for Russ to come on. Uh, anything we want to talk about before our guest, our next guest joins us. Are you believing in these rumors that are coming out or did I, I don't know if I missed that at the top of the Towards show. Sound it's starting to really sound like it. I am, a, I am excited. I hope it's true. If trots is definitely doing something else and probably told us no thanks. Uh, I, just, I would love you know, Tortorella for, for multiple, multiple reasons, reasons right? Yeah. There's just so much to look forward to. Right? Cause you, even you, if they're bad, they're going to be entered. Like he's going to be entertaining. Well, and like, yes, that hundred percent, no matter what will be entertaining. If they are bad, I, I truly believe that he could weed out a lot of guys that you, you just don't want on your team. Like you yeah. just, you know, to turn the locker room around, maybe they're good elsewhere if they're already established locker room or something, but you know, we have a serious problem, environmental problem like that, you know, that they got to fix. And I think he could help with that. I don't, he's just a no nonsense guy. And we have a team full of excuses and zero accountability. We're losing's okay. Um, I'm not talking about guys like Cam Atkinson who, Oh, by the way, played for Tortorella. I'm talking about, guys whose exit interviews were sounded a lot like a baby crying at the top of his lungs. I'd be excited to see uh, like players play the right way again. Like that's, that's the very least you want to see when you watch a game is at least they're busting their ass, right? Like if, if you lose two to one and you bust your ass, it, it, you don't, you don't have that, that apathetic feeling after watching a game. Right. Uh, whereas, whereas if you watched a game this year, you, you knew they weren't going to win. 
right? It was just like, it was like, it, it, it was worse than watching paint dry. It was depressing, right? It was just like, I'm, I'm watching the Flyers because I have to. Right. And it's like it goes back to their bad season in the early 2000s where, you know, they bottomed out. They always stood up for their teammates. You know, they, they always played as hard as they could. They, were, they didn't have the talent, but they certainly tried. You know, and they, they didn't like getting, the game got out of hand on the scoreboard. Then things got out of hand on the ice. And that's how it should be. You don't get embarrassed. This team gets embarrassed regularly and they don't care. Yep. And, uh, you know, if, if that's, you know, Tortorella is going to change that, right? Look at the teams in Columbus, right? Like they, they didn't win anything. I mean, they, they, their Stanley Cup was knocking the, you know, Tampa Bay out the year that they had the best regular season record in history. But, the, I enjoyed watching that team play, right? And, and I would, to this day, I still won't watch a Columbus game if they're not playing the Flyers just because they're from Columbus. But I, I liked watching that team. Like, Tortorella had that team playing. They were playing. They took on the personality of their coach, right? And and that's what I hope happens if Torts is the coach for the Flyers. I hope they take on his personality. You add skill to that. Like, the, like the Flyers are uh, a city that can add skill they can add premier talent they're a destination columbus is not a destination like that's that's a city where players want to leave right like so i think it'll be a little different if you can add work if you can create work ethic right and and an environment and and, and a positive environment winning environment and then add skill along the way that's a recipe for success i think and tortorella is a a good coach to bring in uh, if, if that's what you're trying to do i think so do you think the rumors are true or do you think people are getting a little excited or they were interviewing so, somebody today? Yeah. So um, I don't think Butchagrosh would, would put something out that wasn't true. Right. Oh, we have our special guest popped in here. Let's get back to that in a little bit, Jack. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Russ Cohen to the show. Russ, thanks for hopping on with us. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you? Thanks, Jack. Doing pretty good. Um, so we were just, uh, you know, covering the, uh, Butchergrass rumor. Did you see that one today? Well, I mean, he posted a picture. I don't know if it's necessarily a rumor. Yeah. Turning into one. <laughs> they, they interviewed him. We knew they interviewed him. I don't think they hired him yet. No. Um, yeah, so uh, we were just going back over that. Torch would be an interesting name uh, behind I, mean, I think he's the number bench. one guy I, I, as far yeah. as what I felt like who they were going to hire. So I, I thought that from day one as far as that's who they're going to get. I'm not telling you he's the best. I'm not telling you whatever. But the reason I felt that way is because he's a coach that always gets more out of less. And right now they have less. So that's kind of what we were just saying while he was in Columbus. Not, not really any reason to watch Columbus, but Tortorella had them playing pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. Um, all right. So the main reason that we had you on, obviously, uh, you, you attended the NHL uh, scouting combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're Big prospect guy. We love that about you. Uh, let's talk some prospects. So I uh, listened to your show earlier, uh, Locked on Flyers. You guys do a great job, uh, as always. Um, one of the first names you guys brought up, I noticed, was – I'm going to say it wrong. It's Matt Savoy, right? I always yeah. want to say Savoy. No, Savoy. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this player? Yeah. So Matt Savoy is a center, but he also plays the wing. He's about 5'9". 180 so he's pretty sturdy for a smaller guy he's super smart um when he was talking about one of his teammates or another player in the league at the combine it was like listening to a coach uh he's just he's that good he's got good speed 
He's got a great shot. Uh, he's a leader. He is a guy that definitely will give you his all. Every shift, on the ice, always. And so I, I really like the kid because I feel like he's got a lot of great qualities. If he was six foot or more, he would be one of the first selections. I have a feeling he's going to end up going somewhere between five and eight now just simply because he's smaller. Wow. And we've seen uh, kind of what happens when Flyers pass on smaller forwards. Cole Coffey. I'm not guaranteeing you're right. I'm not guaranteeing <laughs> you they will pass on him, but I, I would say it's a better than average chance that they would. Okay. Um, looking at your, your rankings here, I don't know. Uh, let me see. These are – from if it's 3.0 that's my my most updated. okay so this is a little bit from before the combine here you had savoy three if he's there at five no brainer for the flyers to take you think yeah it's a no-brainer well these are rankings right so rankings that means the guy could go like anywhere between five slots so if i rank him three he could go as you know as low as you know as low or high however you look at it but he can go to eight okay because it's not a mock so, yeah, I do, I do think there's a very good chance he'll be there for the Flyers, uh, and I think there's a very good chance the Flyers will pass on him. <laughs> yeah, do you I think uh, – so I, I know he's listed as center, uh, and I yeah. saw a brief uh, – I don't want to call it a conversation – a couple back-and-forth tweets with you and uh, Mr. Bill Meltzer. You think he's yeah. a winger in the NHL? I think there's a chance he's going to play center. I okay. do. Um, I know there's a lot of centers that end up playing the wing, and – I think uh, it's much harder to say that a guy is going to play center at the NHL at that, at that height. But I think if anybody can do it, he can. All right. But if he doesn't, he's got, you know, he can play the wing to fall back on. So there's no real risk as far as that goes. Yeah. It's kind of been the the flyers thing uh, lately, you know, draft the guy as a center and end up putting him over at the wing. Right. But he really does have a center mentality, like you know, and he is good on faceoffs. I think there's a very good chance. Um, there's going to be some guys that can do it, so I think uh, I think he might be one of them. So the other name that I, I saw you tweeting out over the the weekend was, and I'm going to need help saying this one, <laughs> Servak Petrovsky. Right, Petrovsky. Yeah, so plays with the Barry Colts. Yeah. You know, and actually, I just want to tell you, like somebody who um, is a good friend of mine and I used to do Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy, used uh, Mike Comrie, like as an example of Matt Savoy. Mike Comrie did play center in the NHL, you know, hmm. at 5'10". So anyhow, getting to, um, yeah, so Petrovsky, I haven't had many viewings of, uh, just knew of him, and I'm going to go back and do some work on him now, but... Yeah, he's a guy who can play center or wing. He definitely has a goal scorer's mentality. And I think he set the rookie goal record for uh, for Barry. Mm -hmm. So really nice year. I don't know if he started off that good. And maybe that's why he wasn't on a lot of radars. And, you know, he'll be on my radar as far as, like, maybe late second, third kind of kind of a pick. But right mentality. He um, definitely had a great meeting with the Flyers. You know, he said they were friendly, which is funny. But um, generally, if a guy singles out an organization when you're at the combine like the way he did, then that means they're they have said something else to him. Usually, mm -hmm. so you know that's you know, and he's the kind of guy again. Um, 
it shows the Flyers are still looking for goal scoring. It shows me that. And so, you know, it also shows me that they're going to look for goal scoring in other rounds. So maybe not round one, maybe round one, that's where they're going to either get a defenseman or somebody more well-rounded. And that's, that's what that tells me. Now, as we, as we know, the Flyers are without a second round pick this season. So I know we're going to try to predict the future here, but what are the odds you think the Flyers maybe trade back a couple picks, sort of what they did when they, um, when they drafted York and ended up drafting Brink in the second round uh, a couple years back? Do you think there's a, a chance that they do something similar? There's a chance, but they would have to do more than a couple picks. Like I think uh, in this draft, if you wanted to get like a late second from somebody, you would probably – and again, there were some, a few teams with multiples. Arizona has multiples. Um, yeah. Buffalo, I think, too. Um, so if you, you know, one of those teams wanted a player, generally when you're getting that other first from them, uh, Buffalo's not, I mean, I don't know. I, I want to say it's in the 20s, but I think you'd be talking about something like 15 to 25. You're not going to move down like in the top 10 and yeah. still get a second pick. That's not going to second. You're not going to, a decent so they'd move it. Rounder, that's not going to happen. It's going to be, yeah. you know, you're going to be moving down a little bit more for both to get that accomplished. Guy okay. makes sense. That's uh, they'd have to move down quite a bit to, to snag a second round. Yeah. Pick. I mean, I think the best case scenario is if they, if they are still in the top 15 and then that second round pick ends up being like, what is it? Like 64 is the end. So maybe like in the forties. Hmm. So <clears throat> There's a name uh, in in uh, I'm looking at just your rankings here. There's there's two, but I'll, I'll let Jack ask the first one because I know this is his boy here. Um, there's a name in the 10 to 15 range. Uh, I don't know if you maybe you've heard uh, Flyers could be interested in this player. His name keeps coming up though. Uh, Jack, go ahead. You, you know who I'm talking about? I'm assuming you're talking about Cutter. Yes, <laughs> my boy Cutter. Yeah, yeah. See, he's down to 13 here. Uh, just your thoughts on the player. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrific player. He's got a great shot. I've seen him in games uh, have, like, not almost breakaway goals, but pretty close to breakaway goals. Uh, but that's at that level. I don't know if he's necessarily going to do that at the NHL level, but he um, he's smart. He has pre he has played a fair amount of center as, like, a fill-in guy. I know he said he's going to play center next year. That's if everything works out. You know, he could go into camp and they don't like what he looks like at center and still put him back on the wing. Um, but he's one that I don't know if he's playing center at the NHL. That's he, He's the one where I'll, one of them where I'll question because I think coaches are going to look at him and say, you're kind of better suited off the wing because um, he's a little bit of, you know, he's got good size, he's got good strength. And just the way to play off the wall, I think might suit him better than playing in the middle. But Either way, terrific kid. I don't think I would take him five, though. It's a little early for me. Um, sure. I Even if you're taking him at five, hoping he's a center and hoping that it's like, you know, like that Pierre-Luc Dubois magic. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, the reason that worked out is because he's like a physical freak of nature. Like, he's super, super strong. And, you know, while Gauche is strong, it's not like he's like that. So I think for him to make the transition to center, uh, then you're probably talking about a third line center where Dubois turned into like a first or a second, really a second. 
So I think that that's the difference. If you make him a center, I think you end up making him a third line center. But if he's a winger, he could be a second line or possibly a top line winger, probably a second line winger. Really good one. Mm. Yeah, I definitely would keep him at wing at that point. It doesn't seem like the uh, risk would be worth it. Um, seems like the ceiling comes down a little bit when he's at center, but at wing, it seems like skies that could be the limit. Yes, it's more of yeah. I think there's more of a ceiling with him at wing. Uh, also, and I don't want to say he's bad defensively. I just never noticed any great defensive play where I would say, you know, I could see it. Okay, he's. I guess if in the world where they do trade back, if he's still around in that. It would be a couple of picks, but I don't know what they're going to do, but that's a guy to keep my name on. There's so many guys, especially where we're drafting at and who's mm-hmm. going to be available that I never saw this as a realistic pick. Uh, but I was, I seen him ranked uh, in like the nine to six range. I was just curious as to what you were seeing. I always go by Russ's rankings. I draft my fantasy team, uh, my rookies around your rankings, Russ. So. Wow. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I was in the championship <laughs> last year. <laughs> I'm glad it's working out for somebody. My team sometimes <laughs> struggles anyhow. I always find rookies, but I don't always find a good team. <laughs> yeah. And it's half the battle. What can I say? It is. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Jim, did you have somebody else in mind? Uh, I've got a couple players here. That, so I'll, so let's start out with, uh, so we have a guy, Paul, he's our analytics guy. He really likes Frank Nazar. What do you think mm-hmm. about Frank Nazar, Russ? I love Nazar. He, um, you know, and actually seeing him working out and such, I think his strength is better than I thought it would be. So that helps. He's um, very creative, fast. Uh, he's got great vision, can score, can set up on plays. I really like Nizar. What do I have him at? Nine, ten, something like that. Yeah, ten. Ten. Um, yeah, I think there's a chance he could go a little earlier than that. I don't know if I would take him at five. But – and that's just because, again, Nizar, you know – I don't think he's bad defensively, but I think I don't think the two-way game is fully there. Uh, and I would just be like, hmm, at five, maybe. I don't know if I would necessarily do that. But you would be getting one of the more creative guys in the draft with with great vision. No question of that. And so, you know, that's something where I'm not, I wouldn't kill them if they if they pick the czar. I, I think the czar is better than Gauthier as far as that. So I think it's more realistic. Okay. Um, so before we get to uh, who we think you think the Flyers should take at five, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Connor Geeky? This is, so I like yeah. these type of players, uh, you know, big hulking, six foot four center. Um, obviously, I, I think we heard the same thing uh, that we hear a lot about Flyer draft picks is he needs to work on his skating and, and such. What can you tell us about Connor Geeky? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's got a great shot. He's smart. He definitely is a, a little bit of a force in the offensive zone, no question about it. Uh, I like his his stick and puck control is good. His his brain is good. But, yeah, the skating needs work, and just because he goes to Barb Underhill doesn't mean it's all going to get corrected. Uh, you know, Matthew Strong never got corrected. You know, he went to everybody. We were so, talking about now, this last week. Huh? We were talking about this last week, yeah. yeah. But I do think he, he will play in the NHL. It's just, you know, he might play – a little slow of foot, but he does make up for it with the hockey IQ and, and the will, the will is great. Now I don't think he'll be hulking because, you know, after seeing him there, I looked at his shoulders and I'm like, you know, those are not like really broad 
kind of add can add a lot of weight shoulders. I think he can add, you know, some muscle, but I don't think he's going to be able to add a ton. And so, you know, the same as like when you see taller guys, like, I don't know, Travis Sanheim has been able to add some, there's still a lankiness to him. And I think Geeky is sort of in that frame. So would the Flyers be interested with at him there? I think so uh, because of the size and because he could play center, and he definitely will play center. So I think they, they would have interest in him for sure. Okay. Um, so now let's, let's get to what you think is going to happen here. Obviously, Shane uh, Wright, we think he's going to be the number one overall pick. He's right? going to be the number one. Like it's, he is, right? The rest of this is just nonsense. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like the whole year, all we heard was it's Shane Wright. Yeah, I've been through it before. The, you know, <laughs> the best story I can give is with um, – and, and, you know, I'm not going to forget the uh, the draft year, but, you know, the, the Seth Jones draft, it was kind of like, oh, Seth Jones is going to be number one. It's going to be number one. McKinnon's going to be number two. And, you know, and I did a, a mock draft for Comcast. And I happened to, after I posted it, I happened to read comments. And one guy's like, you know, Russ is completely wrong here. Seth Jones is going to be number one. And I'm so sure of it. I bet my house. And, you know, when it happened that McKinnon got drafted number one, I really did feel like putting a comment up there like, all right, send me the keys to your house. <laughs> you know, you're wrong. And and I feel like this is the same thing happening or the same thing as Patrick Lyme. You got a big guy going, possibly going number two, and now everybody's going to make the leap that, you know, he could go number one, but he's not going number one at Shane Wright. So they're doing the same thing with, with Slavkovsky and, and Wright then. Yeah. Sounds like interesting. Yeah. So Wright's – Bonafide number one overall pick. Yes. Um, let, let's so let's do this. Who do you see going two, three, four, and then where do the Flyers go? Five. Uh, you know, and we'll see if my you know my feeling changes over time as far as sure. how this goes. I think as far as if I'm mocking it, I do think the Devils have talked themselves into Slavkowski too. Um, I am hearing that they think they can make him a center because he's played some center. Wow. I have yet to see him exhibit great defensive habits and when i asked him about it um at the combine he kind of was like yeah i kind of need to work on that i know i do <laughs> um so like there's a big element of risk if you're taking him at two hoping he's going to be a center now listen he's a, a, a terrific talent i do think there's some recency bias with him because of the olympics and the world championships and again the olympics weren't really the olympics if you looked at who actually played, the competition's right. good because he's a young kid, but it's not like it was like normal Olympics and world championships, kind of same thing. But again, because he's young, you know, he gets that extra pub and that's fine. Um, I, I do like his shot. I think he's terrific in the offensive zone. I do think he has good strength and will use his physicality. So I think all those things are there. So it's not a terrible pick if they take him. I would take Cooley there. I wouldn't even think twice about it if I were the Devils because I would just make one of them a winger, whether it's Heeshier or Cooley. Who cares? You figure it out later. Or Mercer. Um, but you figure it out later. But it does seem like they're – now, I think there's two reasons I think the Devils have talked themselves into this. One is, the, you know, what I just said about the center thing. Two is because when they were looking for a forward last time in Zaka, it didn't quite work out the way they wanted now we hear they'd be willing to trade Zaka, even though Zaka has turned out to be a pretty damn good player. But again, I get it. They had higher expectations than most did. Uh, so now I think they still feel like they need to fill that role, and now they're going to take another swing at it. That's the way I think this is going. Okay. 
That's interesting because, uh, you know, they have a couple center prospects sitting right there in Cooley and, and Savoy, yeah. and they want to draft Slavkovsky and, and turn him big. into a center. Because he's big. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, uh, let's go to number three. Number three. So Arizona does seem to favor size, and since talking to Philip Mesar, who is on my rankings where he's like 20, 26, and they have a pick around 28, 29. My thinking now is after talking to Mesar and saying his, you know, the, the best meeting was with Arizona. Um, if they go take Mesar down there, uh, who, you know, technically can play center. He, he does play both. He's probably a winger though, but, and, and a little on, you know, he's like 5'10", 5'11", something in that range. I think if that's the way they're thinking, then they're going to go with a bigger player here. So, then I think you're talking about one of the defensemen. I think they're going to go either Nemich or or Juracek. Okay. So if I'm going to guess on that one, I'm going to guess on Juracek because uh, I think they'd be looking for the more physical of the two, especially if they're losing Chikorin, like if they're going to give up Chikorin, because um, Nemich doesn't have the physical side that Juracek has. So that would be my guess on three. All right, so things are looking pretty good right now for the Flyers. We got right off the board, Slavkovsky off the board, and Yerichek off the board. Um, so the Flyers are guaranteed right now, either Logan Cooley, Matt Savoy, uh, uh, Nimick, uh, or somebody else. So who do you have going for? And what team is that again? Uh, Seattle, I believe Seattle, yeah, yes. right. So I think that's where Cooley goes because then you have the one-two combo um, of Cooley and Veneers and no – there's no worry about Cooley playing second line center. Uh, you can put him right in that position in two or three years and no pressure. I think that's a no brainer for, for Seattle, even for Dave Haxtell, but Ron Francis, I think especially. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be set up pretty good for the next, uh, however many years with Beniers and Cooley there. So oh, yeah. that'd be a nice pick. So, okay. Uh, at five, where do you think the flyers go? So you have Savoy, you have Nemich. Like you said, there's Geeky, um, there's Gaultier, there's Nazar. Um, I'm just looking at my own camel. Le- like like, like suddenly, it, it's not such an easy pick anymore. Like no, there's, no, there's some pretty good names Martyr. on the board there. No, Lekharamaki is one of my um, favorites for goal scoring in this draft. And if it were me, I'd be picking between Savoy and Lekharamaki. But I think they're going to think differently. I think they're going to... Um, I think they'll either go with Nemich or Savoy or Kemmel. I think those will be their guys. I think um, maybe Kapanen will chime in about Kemmel. I, you know, seeing Kemmel, Kemmel working out and stuff, I do think he could add some some good muscle. And he already has a great shot with a very fast release. You know, I already talked about Savoy. And Nemich is really good. He's smooth. He's, he's terrific bringing the puck up the ice. He's, good. he's a good two-way guy. He just doesn't have the physical edge that – Juracek has, and he will sometimes um, get too many penalties. I've seen that with with Nemec, but that could, you know, be corrected. It only can't be corrected if he's like Radko Gudis, but otherwise you can correct it. <laughs> so this is a tough one. I, I think, you know, again, if it's me, um, I'm taking Savoy, but it's not me. So with the Flyers, you know, I think they would take Nemec. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I fully agree with you. 
I can see Cooley almost falling to us like that, getting us all excited, and we still wind up with the defense. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it just feels exactly what they're going to do. And then if Arizona were to take uh, Nemitz, then I think the Flyers would be taking Eurocheck. Yeah, okay. I can see that as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of how I see it going, uh, at least from the Flyers' perspective. Yeah. Jim? <laughs> I, I would be okay with that. You know, like yeah. if, if you look at what they need, right? I mean – after center, like they need center talent in the pipeline desperately. Uh, the other thing that they need is, you know, right-handed defenseman, right-handed shot defenseman. Like they don't have that, uh, like legit right-handed. Uh, no, because again, um, while Cam York is good, I really don't think he's a, um, a number one. And then the question is, is he really a two or is he really a three? And, you know, we'll find that out over time here. So, I think that's the um, the issue there. So where Nemich, I think you have a little higher um, grade defenseman there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Either one. Um, you know, and then I guess we, we would see these guys in what, like two to three years coming up? Uh, well, I mean, in orange you know, Nemich, you know, you might see him play overseas one more year and then he'd probably come to the AHL. Uh, or if, if they wanted to, they could put him in the AHL this year. Um Savoy, it would be a few years. Um, I want to say, what is he? Is he 18? I think he's 18 going on 19. So, you know, you're talking about a couple of years either at that point, then you got to either make the team or, or play in the AHL because uh, in two years he'd be able to do that. Um, and then, um, but again, you might still wait a little longer for him depending on how the transition's gone for him. And then um, if it's Jiracek, then he's the one that they, again, Teams, because of his size and toughness, are going to probably rush him. And so I could see him in the AHL right away. And then who knows, you know, whether it's sometime this year they give him the nine games to look at him or they wait till during the year or they put him in there, slot him in the next year. All right. So I have a question about the two defensemen at the top. You have them ranked uh, year check at four and Nemich yeah. at eight. And it's not too big of a difference, but no. – it just is it a preference thing, or do you why do you have one ranked higher than the other for you? It's kind of like this. Um, and I don't give comps, but I remember well, just look on the ice while we see what Hedman can do, right? If Nemich, if um, Yurichek can do something like that, like I think he can, um, I say sometimes he's like a destroyer on the ice, like sometimes he could go out there, crush some people, get the puck, you know. He was doing a lot at the World Championships with very little. Like, you know, bringing the puck up the ice, running the power play, trying to set up the your point shot. You know, he won't have to do all that on the Flyers because he'll have better players around him. And so I think he can control a lot of the game. I think Nemitz is, is, is flashier and faster and can definitely do some things that Juracek can't. But I think the um, – especially since, you know, like Moran just retired and I still think there's that hunger, especially from the older advisors of the Flyers, which will whisper and who they'll whisper in Chuck's ear that, you know, they'll want the size. And so I think that's why it's not like Neiman's just small. I would say he's what, six one. Yeah. He's six. Well, he's listed at six foot on uh, six hockey. Foot. So, you know, with your check, what, six, three. Yep. So, you know, that's playing into it. Yeah. Uh, either either one of these guys, uh, 
I mean, the NHL ready size, I think right now, so yeah. you won't have to wait for the, you know, the, them to physically develop, which I think is always a, a good thing. It's one less thing you, you have to. Uh, look yeah. It's definitely one less thing for both of them. And you hope at that point, uh, you know, they just don't get rushed too badly because again, that would be my only worry, but they're both capable of playing AHL hockey if you wanted them to. That's that's good stuff. The quicker, the, I mean, I know you said they're probably going to get rushed. For somebody like me, the quicker these guys get up here, the better. As long as they they come up the right way, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, you have to really. It it really should depend on the player and not the needs of the organization. That's a good way to put it. For sure. You know, that's that's the way I'd like to really put it. Yes, yeah, so the boy's eighteen, so he, you know, his twenty year old year will be like January, um, two years from now. So. You might have to. Uh, you, he, he's one of those guys you're either gonna have to play in a year on the Flyers or let him play, you know, three years in in the CHL. Or you know, if he wants to go overseas, he can go overseas. Okay. Uh, so Russ, we, we're coming up. We have uh, about two minutes left with you. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a player in this draft that's kind of like a diamond in the rough, or or just a, maybe a particular favorite of yours that uh, you want to talk about for a little bit? Yeah, um, I'm going to say Jordan Gustafson. He's a um, another guy who could be a center. He um, he plays for Seattle. He plays with Krasinski. He, um, he had a really good year this year. He put up uh, 52 points in 58 games. He's 5'11", 178, super smart, fast. Uh, in the playoffs, he had 15 points in 21 games. He had 23 goals, 29 assists, so he's pretty split. As far as what he could do, uh, I really like him. And I, you know, he wasn't even at the combine. So who knows? Maybe he'll go in the second round. Maybe he'll go in the third round. But but that's a guy who I think has a chance to play center in the NHL and has all the attributes. He, he really, you know, the year before, he only got to play 23 games. And so this was like a big breakout year for him. Uh, he's not a superstar, but he's a really good player. Like, and I think... He's a guy that, you know, you're talking about, you know, second or third line, but like with, with a, you know, a decent to high skill level. So I think there's more to come with him as far as his development. And I think he, um, he doesn't get talked about enough. Krachinski gets talked about a ton. He wasn't at the uh, combine. We never actually got an answer why, but he wasn't. Um, So, but those two guys played the same power play and they're both really, really good. All right, there you go. Uh, Jack, you have anything for Russ before we let him drop off? Just last question, and um, it's, it's a lot of the defenseman talk has been around our, our parts, and uh, it got brought up, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, that perhaps the next year's draft is uh, not as defensively strong. Um, is that a reason? Do teams take that into account when they draft, th- like, say, this year, are they going to be more inclined to lean defensemen, or is each year its own entity and you see what happens? No, each year is its own entity. And honestly, you know, I've got a certain amount of names for next year's draft. I really have not looked at it to the point where I could give you a definitive answer. If anybody can, I think they're kind of reaching a little bit uh, as far as next year because, you know, it's always nice to see how people start the year off. And because, again, if I'm going to go this year and start telling you about next year's draft, other than maybe the one and the two, uh, a lot of times guys fall. A lot of times guys rise. It happens all the time. So 
I don't think you necessarily draft defense this year. It's not the NFL. You're still going to wait on average four to five years for these guys. So again, it's kind of like, yeah, right now you may need defense and guess what? In four to five years, you still may need defense, even if you draft one in this round and one in and this year and one in next year, because maybe someone gets hurt. Maybe you don't resign Sanheim because he wants, you know, things happen. Yeah. That's the answer I wanted to hear. <laughs> I just hope right. they, they truly do go the best player available and they don't go crazy about need. I'm still incredibly hurt. They need a lot. So they're, they're in the same spot <laughs> the Eagles were in the sense that when you need a lot, then you should you should take the best guy. Beautiful. Somebody's hungry over there. No, she's <laughs> deaf. She's deaf, so she just woke up. So that, that's her way of saying, "Hey, like I'm awake. Where, you know, where is everybody?" That's cute. Uh, okay, Russ. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, thank you as always for hanging out with us. Where can people find your work? I see, uh, you know, people can buy your books over at Sportsology. Where can we find it? Yeah, you can buy my books at Amazon.com, or you know, you can DM me at. At Twitter at Sportsology. Uh, I do have a hockey community now called Beyond the Scrum. You could just ask to sign up. It's free. It's just hockey talk on Twitter. So, you know, if you don't want to hear about me, bitch about Top Gun, that's the way to go. And, and that. Um, you weren't a fan? No, I, I won't go see it. I, I was barely a fan the first time. There's no way they're sucking <laughs> me in again. Um, <laughs> We can also the go first to first person I, I heard say that they can go to elite prospects because I'm not a I'm not a um, guy who's going just for nostalgia. Uh, elite prospects I, I write at I write at full press coverage uh, collectibles at, at GTS so I, I kind of get into uh, a lot of different things always sports most of the time prospects. Outstanding. Well, thank you once again, Russ. We we enjoy all that you do Thanks. and I uh, look forward to talk to talking soon. Okay, see you guys. Thanks, all right, have a good night. There he is, Mr. Russ Cohen. Always uh, enjoy talking prospects with Russ, don't you, Jack? Oh, yeah, especially before our fantasy draft. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know what you do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing that too. I'm uh, going to steal. Like, Shamelessly he, steal. Just put a couple of names down. All of a sudden, you got some serious trade bait. That's all. Yeah. All of a sudden, you trade for Vasilevsky with prospects. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. You had to bring that up. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Um, all right, so why don't we wrap up this episode? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll spend a couple minutes talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it's 3-0, Colorado over Edmonton. Uh, Cadre's out for Colorado. Kane suspended a game. Um, Colorado's winning this one, right? Uh, I mean, I'd be absolutely shocked if they didn't. They just they just seem too overpowering to give up three a three zero lead. Like, come on, yeah. I can see. A little pushback from Edmonton, but even they're down Kane. Like that, that's got to hurt. I could still see them staying alive, but I'll be blown away if they force Game Seven. I think they maybe get one, and that's it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, that'll be tough. You know, Colorado's going to rally tonight with Kadri being. I mean, they they handled them in Game Three without Kadri. I think maybe some people forgot because there's, there's just so many studs on the team where you know you can lose Kadri for basically an entire game and forget about it. You know, and they still dominated. Um, the other series, a little surprising. The New York, I can't even say it. Tell the me. Rangers, the Rags, have a two to one series lead over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game four is in Tampa, I think, tomorrow night. Are you surprised how this series is playing out? At first, I was. Um, but when you really look at, look at it, New York's playing really, really well. Sir Sturkin has 
looked like how he has for most of the season where towards the end, he was a little iffy. Um, they're just banging on all cylinders. I did think Tampa would be better quicker, but you remember Rangers have got two game sevens going on. You know, Tampa just swept Florida, like not a worry in the world. They needed to wake up. I think they really needed to wake up. They're still without Braden point. And after going down to, Oh, it's kind of like, Whoa, um, it was good to see some pushback. Still close game. Uh, Vasilevsky seems to be waking up a little bit too. So I, I'm, I was very happy it's two one and not three zero because yeah. I can't. Too many people I know that are Rangers fans with my real life and work. I cannot have this. I'm no. sorry, I can't. Um, no, don't so be good sorry. To see some pushback there. Yeah. <laughs> next you think Tampa Bay can still come back and take this one? Yeah, right now, absolutely. This next game is going to be huge. You know, they they win. It's a brand new series. It's a three mm-hmm. game series. You know. Uh, or I'm sorry, best out of five is what I meant. Uh, where if they lose, it's three one, and that's really really tough to come come back from. So yeah, yeah this game uh, four is going to be ginormous. Uh, that's what she said. All right, so this time next week, maybe we'll be talking about a new Flyers coach. We'll be one week closer to the draft. We'll probably be talking Stanley Cup Finals, and I'm sure the Flyers will give us something else to talk about along the way. Um, so if there's nothing else, Jack, you have anything you want to add in before we wrap up? No, it's time to get a coach. I'm ready. I want to, I want to know the direction of this team and it's time to know if they get torts, they're, they're going to at least out of the gate, try to win, which tells me a little bit about the off season. Yep. That's for sure. Um, our next show, we do have an HW at night coming up Thursday. The, the show will be recorded during the day, uh, around 11 o'clock in the morning, actually. So if you're off from work, you're hanging around, uh, tune in on YouTube, give a subscription now, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, take a couple minutes today. Go subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, we're trying to grow that a little bit. The guest is Nick McElwain, who I believe is with the Preston and Steve show. So if you're a Preston and Steve fan, you listen to the radio, uh, Thursday is a show that you're not going to want to miss uh, with, with Dave Leonard and Nick McElwain. So, um, yeah, if there's nothing else, we're going to sign off for this episode. Thank you to our guest, Mr. Travis Travi Ballin, uh, Ballin uh, and Mr. Russ Cohen. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>